What do you think about the alien thing? I think it's real. I haven't looked. I saw it and then I, I didn't look at it. I'm not ready for it yet. I, I am, I'm fine with it. Um, I mean, I accept that it's, I've never doubted that aliens were real. That sounds super selfish to me to be like, yeah, I'm the specific, I'm a, I'm an anomaly, the only one in the universe. It is ridiculous when you look at, like they talk about how there are more stars than there are grains of sand on earth. You've ever heard that one? No, like but that. I believe it. And so if that's true and it's just infinite vastness, it's not that crazy. Whenever I see an alien type story, I always, not always, I often tweet at Aaron Rodgers say, just say, they're here. Has he brought it up ever since the first time he brought it up? I think he got embarrassed by it a little bit. I think like, so too. And I'm like, no, I, I'm a believer. Like, I'm, you know, I mean, there's too much, too many sightings, military sightings. Yeah. Well, I saw a documentary about way back in Vietnam, how they reported it, some crazy that happened in the middle on a river and, you know, like. So I just love that whole joke, the aliens are here. And also Pete Alonzo, the baseball yeah. player, yeah. played for the Las Vegas minor league team and they were called Area 51s. I think they've changed That's the great. name. So I just, all I talked about with him is aliens when I interviewed him, just so you believe in aliens, right? Cause you played, that's the connection, Vegas, Area 51. And, and did was, he like it or was he a jerk he, about he it? Giggled. Yeah, he was fine. I went to school there and sometimes we would just drive out in the desert to Nellis and watch the planes and, it was, you know, there's something freaky about the desert for starters. Like, yeah, what's going on out there? I you watch really ancient aliens. Yes, I'm weird that way. Yeah, it's a. I wish it was a differently like edited show. Its yeah, aesthetic yeah, is not for me, but the information's interesting. It's a little corny. Some of those. Yeah. With I'm with you. I watch. I've watched every show ever at this point. I don't know. Really, except reality shows, which you think you're better than. Oh my God, I'm way better than most people. I vey. That's why you watch them. That's the whole point. I don't want to do that. I don't like laughing at other people's misery and failure. Like it just does. Even the Kardashians give me the creeps. I just don't want it. I don't like it. Oh yeah. I never got into the Kardashians. I'll say my, the, I agree with you. I'm not laughing at other people's misery, but I think that when you get a, the type of people that specifically want to be on TV, just to be on TV, it's like a, a little bit of like a, well, okay, we're going to judge you for exactly yeah. who you are. That's the job. Have we started yet? No, but I like kind of, I, no, I'm debating. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Let me do my intro then. Hello, nurse. Welcome to sports. The podcast that ends with a question mark, but starts with a, an intro. I still haven't rewritten to reflect the changes made on Thursday episodes. It's Thursday. That means I'm here with a guest and look, I've taken some of your guys criticism that you're enjoying these uh interviews but you sometimes some of you aren't sports fans so you don't know who people are and i give no intro of who they are so i'm going to do that a little bit today the irony is not lost on me that the first time i'm doing this is with a guest who needs absolutely no introduction but my guest today is kenny main who you may know from sports center uh main street which i believe was espn's first scripted venture online I think they're my, online, yes. I think they had done some movies previously. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it's not the same. So we'll yeah. just give you that title. First scripted ESPN stuff. Uh, what was the segment on, uh, on the football uh, main event? Main event yeah, I mean, it. you've got one of those names that just lends itself so well to puns. It yeah. almost demands it from you. But anyway, yeah. folks, it's Kenny Main. He's the best and he's here. Hi, Kenny. Thanks for having me. We've had a really nice couple of phone calls that we didn't record and we should have. And it was nice getting to know you more than I knew you. I knew you a little, but not a lot. And now I feel like I know you a lot. Yeah, we've had uh, in person, correct me if I'm wrong, two conversations. One was at Upfronts. That's where I met Gretchen, your lovely wife. Shout out, Gretchen. And the other was at the green room in one of the buildings. I don't know their numbers on campus in Bristol. 
uh, right next to the makeup room when I had to go do something, but I was like, Kenny Maine's talking to me. I'm not going to leave until I absolutely have to, to go do whatever it is that I was doing. That's there. very kind of you to say. You're like one of the kids. You're like, you're Oh powerful. goodness. Say more stuff 20, like that. 24. What are you? Uh, I'm 34. Uh, okay. proud of it. But you seem younger. Thank you. Thank you so really? much. You know the way to a woman's heart. No, no, no. Like, yeah, the cool kids. You're in the cool kid group. The Mina oh Kahn crew. That's, you know, Golik yeah. 2.0, that crew. You're in that crew. Golik 2.0. Well, Golic. so for those who don't know Kenny, Kenny is, uh, Kenny was what I tried to be, but he did it. And he did it better and he's done it for longer. You are the, you know, different styles of humor, I would say we have. Is that fair? You're drier. I don't know how you would describe me, but you, you tried to do the funny sports thing, the sports comedy thing. How has your experience with it been through your long storied career? Did you say tried? No, you did. You did, but you have to try to do something in order to do, sorry. He didn't try at all. He just showed up. That's the same joke as when somebody says you were one of the funniest and I'll say, and I always answer one of, one of, yeah, of course you did. Um, Yeah. No. um, Let's see. I never really thought about it. I've thought about it all more since all of this. For, you said you were going to inform people. I'm no longer oh, going to yeah. be. You know, I didn't think that part was important. Kenny well, recently very publicly announced that he's, he no longer, is about to no longer work here. Yes. But, but currently still, still a co-worker. Yes, I'm doing my remaining shows. And you said this is Thursday. We're pretending it's Thursday. Okay, yes. great. It's not. It's not really Thursday. But we're, it's yeah. Thursday for the listener. Uh-huh. Um, after Thursday, I will have a Saturday and a Monday. And then... I'm going to burn Jimi Hendrix's guitar. Like, final 30 seconds. I think that's the way to go, right? Just straight yeah. up, Jimi Hendrix, burn the guitar. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I ever tried to do... I just tried to be... I tried not to screw it up, for starters. I was just talking mm. about this with Levitar the other day. Like, you're so encumbered by things to do. You've done the same thing where, you, you know, you have to say the name right. You have to get the score right. You have to, you know, call the play right, right? So you have all these must-haves, must-dos. And then, this is on SportsCenter I'm speaking of, and you want to be accurate, right? You don't want to screw it up. And you hear, oh, God, here's a hockey shot sheet. I haven't even seen the game. And how do you say this? Curvo, Kermagar, you know. And then you ask somebody quick and you try to get it right. Um, and then you say your jokes, you know. But I really have never been anything different than just myself. Like, I think right now talking to you is not a hell of a lot different than my, my personality on SportsCenter or any show that I would have done. Now, Main Street and, and Main Event, the other ones, that was more acting, if you will. You know, I, I am in SAG after all. Um, so in those cases, yes, I was kind of playing a part sometimes, but when I'm on regular TV, you know, sports center, I'm just kind of me making fun of the fact I'm on TV and trying to do it right. Like I kind of make fun of the fact, make fun of the form while trying to do the form correctly, I guess. How, when did you figure out that that was the way to do it? Cause that takes comfort to realize that like, all I have to do is be myself, but I have to be myself in this world. Yes. I know for me, I used to try way too hard to do stuff until I finally one day was like, oh, I can just say I don't know. And people <laughs> will respect that more because I it's crazy to know. Well, I, I said this. I hate repeating myself, but I did do the world podcast tour. Yeah, I'm you did. You I'm continuing do to do it and I'm available for others. Uh, so I was like, plug, I'm making commercials. I have one coming up. And anyone who needs a commercial made, give me a call. You know how to do it. Yeah. Oh, God. Why not? Why can't I do that? No, it's just, it's fine. It's just, please don't solicit do prostitute. Don't, do like, on my podcast. I now no, no, feel no, no, implicated. No. Well, you know, there's big advertising companies, right? You are know, there? Tell me more. Oh, there are big, and they have buildings, and they have people that serve you espresso, and they have Nuh-uh. meetings, and they have uh, what they call them, decks, you know, that explain how the commercial is going to play. Sure, huge they, decks. Uh, 
they announce seven days a week that they are making commercials. Why can't I say that I am going to, because I have a Fair company point. too, piece of paper, but um, um, so I don't know, way back when in Seattle, when I first started doing sports, if you go even further back, I actually didn't want to do sports. I wanted to be like a frontline PBS guy at this point, right? Doing documentaries and being in the middle of, you know, real news. And I played football in college. So my news director said, hey, we're adding a weekend show. We used to just be Monday through Friday. Yeah. If there's news on the weekends, it's news to us. That was our motto. Um, <laughs> I've only used that 20 million times. Okay. Oh, God. Um, but it's still funny. And um, so Jack Eddie says, hey, you play football. I want you to do the sports. I'm like... <laughs> I didn't even know if I wanted to. Like, I literally wanted to be a news, hard, serious guy, right? And yeah. that's, in my off time, I follow those type of events far more than sports, right? Like, what's going on in our country and worldwide. So, um, I started doing sports. And then it was like, damn, this is kind of fun. I'm going to Mariner games and Seahawks and Husky football and volleyball. You know, doing whatever I want, right? Because we were a really small station. It was me and Jan Kuahara, my cameraman, or Jerry Hanley, my other cameraman. And that's it. Ray Moffat came in as sort of a producer to help out. He was really good. And he just reached out to me recently. Um, and I followed him on Twitter. Um, Congratulations. So I mean, super small, right? I mean, small, yeah. small can be like, you always hear the stories about people who said, dude, I had to shoot my own stories, not just be in them, but set up the tripod, get back in front of it. So everybody kind of goes through that at the smaller level. But here I am in Seattle at kind of a smaller station, right? The independent mm -hmm. um, an hour ahead of the rest, 10 o'clock news with Wendy Mann and Charles Johnson, Dave Torsha with the weather. Okay. That's what okay. we were rolling out. And it just started being fun. It was like, damn, I, they're kind of giving me like, do the sports, do whatever you want. There's no boss. There's just the guy next to me. There's nobody there to yell at you. And we started having fun. Wasn't as good as how I do it now. Cause I had just, you know, started brand doing new, it. Right? Yeah. Um, like as a good example, and this isn't that crazy, but it just became a thing and it was fun. And I know you like pets. Um, I had my dog at the time whose name was Sport, and I took a picture, Jan came over, or Jerry came over and shot video of him, and he's got a baseball in his mouth, panting, like, you know, like tight on, yeah. the, on the shot, and that was our baseball, dog days of summer scoreboard, oh, scores would roll over it, so I'm not saying that was genius or anything, but it was, you know, different, other people weren't doing that, right, Yeah. and I probably just called the highlights, you know, throwing a joke now and then, but it's funny when I look back at old ESPN stuff, when I finally, finally got there, um, we're leaving out a big section of my life. Um, I remember like hearing the tape back now, it's like my voice is kind of high. I was just going to say, does your voice sound different? Cause when I watch old clips of me, I'm like, who is she? And why is she talking like that? Yeah. Like the Mariners. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, even with Dan Patrick, I heard a clip where we were together. It's like, did I really talk that way? Like that's, I mean, maybe I matured and my voice deepened. I don't know, but I think it was nerves, right? I think, yeah. you know, you bring up your voice. But, yeah, so I think I just always tried to be me, and I still try to be me, and that's not very hard because I am me, and then you try not to screw up the show. And if all those things happen, which aren't very many things, it's a pretty good show, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the standard, I think. When did you figure out who me was? Oh, a long time ago. I think, when? I mean, when, when people ask, what do you, have you ever seen anything on Twitter, describe what you do? do without saying what you do you know one yeah. of those little things i would say i am doing what i used to get sent out in the hall in yeah. fifth grade right saying the most absurd thing possible to kind of own the room right to say that joke and have everybody laugh mark sanser and i spent 100 days in the hall you know it was like prison time fifth grade mr bell military 
Mrs. Castingay in fourth grade, now she was like the hippie teacher, just I think at a Berkeley or somewhere, and she gave this big presentation about I'm going to teach you guys responsibility, and you know you're 10 years old now, and you guys need to. So she would like leave for an hour at a time. What? Was what go, was she getting into? Insane in the room. It was just a, just everything, erasers being thrown, the whole thing. But we were smart enough to station one person rotating guards. Of course, got to have a watchman. Yeah. yeah. In sixth grade, I got hit with a wooden board, Mr. Russick, and I didn't even do the crime. That's what was the, the crime? It was so stupid. He's up at the board, you know, teaching math or something stupid, and somebody <laughs> threw a paper airplane, a paper airplane, land, not kidding, landed on my little desk. Uh -huh. He turns just as I pick it up to examine what's right. Sure. Like I'm the guy. And he says, you're going to get the hardwood, son. I got to be honest with you. First of all, that's a terrifying line to hear from a teacher. Second of all, that, is, that sounds like a likely story. It's true. Mm. He hit me with a, he, I can't swear. Can I swear on here? I don't yeah, know. they'll bleep it, though. Okay. He was a cheese board. He hit me with a cheese board. Like, <laughs> Wait, in front, was it public? Was it a public? He in the hall, told me oh, to bend God. over and hit me twice with a cheese board. Uh, what year was it? 1971. Was that this common? Is the, this is the same year I'd broken my femur playing tackle football Ooh. in the fall. So in the spring now, I'm getting hit with a cheese board. Sure. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of shit. For a sixth grader, I went down same year that Susan Nelson asked if I wanted to be boyfriend, uh -huh. and I wrote, she gave me one of the check the box things, and I just wasn't ready for the relationship. I said oh I went oh with Brandon and <laughs> regretted it. That was a terrible move in sixth grade. Susan Wait, Nelson. so she sent you the checklist, and you checked yeah. yes, even though you knew you should. She gave you the option to say I no. I no, no. She gave me like three options, similar to my letter to John Walsh. Years exactly. Later. I was going to say, was she the inspiration? <laughs> and. Yeah, I, we stayed friends, you know, God bless her. Um, yeah. You just weren't ready to commit. I you were learning a lot about responsibility. That was the same year I could have been captain of the safety patrol. I was the What's lieutenant. What's that? I was, you know, the, the, you wear a helmet and the crossing guard vest, and you okay. go down and hold the flag so people can walk across the street. Like they have older people doing it these days in most neighborhoods, right? Sure. But yeah, you're not school, the kid I would give that gig to. <laughs> in our school. You know, you had to get up an hour early. You're out in the rain in Seattle. It's 7 a.m. Like, why? What am I doing? Just, you know, you just want to wear the uniform. I mean, I had the badge. I wore the badge, lieutenant in fifth grade. So they offered in sixth grade. I'm like, Fuck that. I'm not, I don't want to be captain. I just, I'm out. I'm, I'm going criminal. I'm, I don't want to be. Yeah. You Wait, chose here. your walk in Let's life. You wore live, the black hat. Well, keep it going. Uh, my producer's calling. Hold on. Oh, man. Here. I'm talking to Katie Nolan on an important podcast. What's going on? So important. That he answers a phone he said call. Nothing, he said nothing's going on. He, yeah. And he hung up. That's good. That's good. This, so if you're just tuning in, uh, Kenny mm -hmm. Maine has taken calls. Is that going to be the, I feel like this is going to be a running theme. Your phone's been blowing up. It's uh, honestly, it's, I'm frustrated that you're doing the podcast tour because I want everyone to know how much effort I put into making this happen today. I was very proud of myself because yeah. I didn't want to reach out to you. I knew everybody was reaching out to you. You even said so in the LA Times uh, piece that you wrote, which if you guys haven't read it, you should go check it out. It's very funny and is 90% of the reason I wanted to talk to you today. Uh, but yeah, you, I didn't want to bother you. Let's talk for three hours. Okay. I mean, little, I've let's, got nothing no. but time, dude. You're think, the one who still has stuff to do. I think nothing against my co-anchors because they're all good. Mm. Um, you and me on SportsCenter Live would be really- I mean, it would, it would never be allowed. It would never, <laughs> ever be allowed. Uh, probably for the best, but it would be a great lost tapes. Yeah. If we could make it happen. Oh, I mean, 
the best thing in TV for like not everybody knows how it works. Most of the stuff we do, if you watch Sports Center, whether you're on the West Coast, East, wherever you are, is live. It's happening right there. So eight o'clock West Coast is eleven o'clock East Coast. Let's get that clear. Um, and it's happening right then, right? It's live. And most of the time, we don't know the highlights. They're coming to us, you know, last second in the commercial. Here's a piece of paper, Steph. You can do Steph Curry blind. That's easy. But if you get a hockey game that's complicated and there's a sure. rule, all this stuff, and you have never seen the tape, and you have about 40 seconds to process, Bucci, how do you say this guy's name? You know, Evan, how do you say this guy's name? Like, and then you get it and you try your best, right? Um, but the live, like tonight, as we tape this, let's just be truthful. It's not Thursday, it's Tuesday. Gosh, um, that fourth I mean, wall is just in, in shambles. Why not just be honest with people? You're right. So, at 11 Eastern on Tuesday, I will have, because this is now Thursday, done a show from 11 to 1 a.m. And then other people will do 1 a.m. until they leave. But whoever the last show is, that's called the close show, right? The, fi the fix show, we call it. They want it clean, right? You can't have mistakes. You can't repeat, <coughs> excuse me, five times, you know, with mistakes. So if you F up a name, oftentimes you can just say the name in commercial break, like, Ackenberger, you know, and then they slip that into the edit and they make you sound smarter than you just did live a minute before, right? Okay? Yeah. And then at the end of the last live show is just the best. You, just, you can say anything. You can say, following us is Fitness Beach, you know, <laughs> international, whatever. It's just, there's this liberty and it's so silly and it's really just a joke for the room. It's for, a joke for the other guy, for the producers, the camera guy, you know, because it's just silly. You're tired. It's, 1251 or 59 I should say or whatever time it is right yeah so we all want that job we've always all wanted to be on that show and do that thing and have fun and get paid and do whatever but there's also the wear and tear of the fix show sometimes you don't get home till 245 now now Gretchen's asleep the dogs don't do any kind of dog guarding stuff of the house they're just sleeping too Moeller's taking up half the bed Jed's scared of me he's in the corner um I get a glass of water. Sometimes I do something on the computer for five minutes, but I usually go up. Now I'm watching like ancient aliens or some ridiculous show, you know. Not I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, not ridiculous. Down, I watch the hell out of Narcos. I watch. Oh, yeah. I got to get back into Narcos. Narcos and Narcos, Mexico. And now it's close to 4 a.m., you know, 3.45, whatever time it is, right? It's a stupid time. She gets up at 6 or whatever, gets the girls ready Oof. for school. She's doing yoga and Pilates and drinking you know, special water and putting stuff in it. And I'm still asleep. It's 1140 and I'm just like barely, you know, Man, alert. today I learned we're on the same sleep schedule. And then I eat, I need food. I'm hungry and angry, hangry, you know, yeah. I read something on Twitter that upsets me. I come down mad and you know, not about me. Do you, are you checking Twitter? Because to me, I must, I imagine that you don't check it that often. I mean, when I, when I was going to email you the link to this podcast, you were like, don't do it until two minutes before. Cause it'll get lost in my inbox. And I was like, damn. Yeah. That I didn't is a do that. Like, I'm so important. I just, no, you looked. are though. People email no, you a lot. I have looked at about 21% of the Twitter things that happened since a Monday, the 10th, when I put out the note that I was leaving, I wanted to control that myself. I have no malice. Like they made a decision. I made a decision. Sure. I got, I got friends. You're a friend. Like, um, tons of friends. I could, you know, take 20 minutes and list them all off. And ESPN is going to continue to do great stuff. And they're going to show great games. And they got good people. And I'll be forgotten in a week or two. And they'll do more shows. And it's all good. Like, you know, they set an over-under on my worth. And I'm going to go play the over. I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's just a choice. It's just a decision. But it does turn into this big, like, who was right and who was wrong? Right. It's like, well, we that. just looked at a situation and agreed. And then now we move forward from it. Yeah. I mean, the, the part that hurt me the worst in all that, and again, I, 
I've just been, and it's not because I'm so cool or so busy or, or so important, but I literally have not had time to, like the LA Times thing, as an example, I couldn't write it until I had 90 minutes of space to do it, right? I waited until yeah. Saturday morning and I wanted to be done quick because I wanted to play the uh, Preakness card at Pimlico. That was the Preakness Stakes Day. And so at 11 o'clock, I've eaten and I'm feeling all right. I'm resting, leave me alone. And it took me 90 minutes or whatever. And then I worked with the editor at the LA Times on and off all day. Like he fixed some things and he made it better by far. Um, so that was a good experience. But I was literally writing back to him at two in the morning that same night because I had to do the late show, the fix show that night. So I basically continued my ESPN job while fielding a million phone calls, family, my attorney, my daughters, and my wife and, you know, everybody and their mother. And I got, you know, people reaching out from kindergarten and it's good to hear from them, but it's a, I wasn't very popular two weeks ago. I didn't get as many calls two weeks ago. I wouldn't get podcasts two weeks ago, but you know, it is what it is. Does right? that feel weird? Does it feel weird to have lulls of moments where like, no, or, or is it better that way to have moments where like, no one's really talking about you or caring what you're up to? Well, I'd say, and I'm not, I don't make all my worth be about how much Twitter attention I get, but we all can agree. There's a little ego in that, right? You put out your greatest joke ever and nine people like it. Like, I mean, it's, we need to just fully break the wall then. Kenny has been talking about this tweet that he sent earlier today, saying best. it was the best joke he's ever written. Yes. And it's, it sure is funny, but I don't know that it's the best joke you've ever well, written. I'm kind of into um, some exaggerations these days. I think mm. I'm in some kind of, there's just something going on. So like today I had the best hot dog I've ever had. And it was the most fun golfing game I've ever had. So that's, I mean, the, the, look, it could be worse. Could be the other way around. Yeah, I could say, man, I hate those guys and the hot dog sucked out loud. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> years and years ago at Pimlico Race Course, I used to cover horse racing, right? I was ESPN's uh -huh. horse guy with Randy Moss and Jerry Bailey, Janine Edwards, and all the Was guys. that because you loved horse racing or because they needed a guy that, to be the horse racing guy? No, I, I grew up uh, going to a track called Long Acres near Seattle with my Uncle Gordy and then in high school and... Uh, later, I was a horse race announcer very briefly for the old school books in Las Vegas where you would recreate the race and people would be across town listening to my call and then cashing or not cashing, right? So when I came to ESPN uh, way back when, 94, um, we're jumping around and this is fine. This is yeah, just, that's how this goes. Just, just stay don't with edit. it. Don't edit. I won't. Don't I've edit. never edited in no. my life. They Editing just take out the curse words. That's it. Well, I wouldn't even do that. Um, I'd love to <laughs> not, to be yeah. honest. Family channel. So... Um, I mean, heck, I swore on Van Pelt show and they beeped it out. There was swearing yeah. in Last Dance that they didn't beep out, right? Yeah, I, trust me. It was noticed and I took issue with it. If you want swearing, this channel. If you don't want swearing, this channel. Very but, weird. Yeah, inconsistent, but I get it. I, uh, I, mean, I understand I the genesis of it, but it's and like at this point, there's a lot more offensive stuff you could say that's not yeah. curse words that, that you can say. How about at the out fronts where we met uh, originally or one of our times we met and I one one year I did the upfront the upfronts for those who don't know it's like an annual convention of companies and advertisers and big networks and all the networks are trying to brag about all the cool shows they have like if ABC's rolling out a new comedy and ESPN has so and so coming on all that right and so we put on a, a dog and pony show for like 90 minutes and have like 1500 people or 2000 people whatever it is the big theater in New York and then we party like, that's really the whole point thing. Yeah, and the advertising and the company execs, you know, they're there for a fun week in New York and dinners and drinks. and But they are making deals. Absolutely. People mm -hmm. are making deals, right? Like, oh, my God, I didn't know ABC had that cool show. I'd like to advertise on it, right? And somebody decided, I don't know how many years ago, I should go out on stage and just be silly, right? Oh, sort of make fun of the fact that we're doing this, right? I'm mocking 
you know, just telling, hey, advertising's free this year, guys. I'm cutting a deal for, you know, just, just. I feel like I remember <laughs> hearing about this. So I've done it for like seven years in a row or whatever. Yeah. And so one year, this is maybe four or five years ago, we're doing these emails back and forth. They let me write my own thing and, hey, can you get this in? Can we, you know, we need this plugged or whatever. And just for the room, just for the email chain, I made, a, you know, a couple jokes where I dropped the F-bomb. And I was not intending to do that on stage, but it was in my script. And then they said, this is great. Let's go with this. This is the last Ooh. version. I, I wrote back, hey, you guys, are you sure you're good? Because you realize I'm going to say this and that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a loose crowd. So really, I'm just, then it was green light. And I then mean, you did it and they didn't, oh, they weren't mad? Not at all. Wow. In fact, that one feels year, like they, the exception that proves I, the rule. I feel like one year they like, can you throw in a couple more swear words? Let's punch that up, you know? Um, I don't know where we were a while ago before I went to that tangent, but it was something I wanted to tell you and I don't remember what it was. You know who should remember is me. Uh, but here we are. Yeah, we're doing Both fine. Not remembering. Like Sarah Silverman a little bit. I do, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. She's my yeah. favorite. And she's really funny. Yeah, she's the best. And it's, it's not just your look, which looks like her a little bit. Also, it's just like the way you turn your head. What? You have, yeah, just like that. That's what? The, yep. I was just checking if it's still light out, because once it gets dark in this bedroom, you can't see me, and then it oh. gets awkward. I did, uh, a, I did one of these Zooms for UNLV, my old college, Yeah. and I did it outside like I am now, and it was Zoom. It was like people were watching it. We're just recording the audio, and I kind of forgot it was getting dark, and I didn't realize I was just like nothing they couldn't see anything but they didn't complain <laughs> and i like guys like is, yeah so i moved and put light on me that's a difference yeah kenny's sitting outside with a with more trees behind him than i've seen in five years living in a city we have a lot of trees we have a pretty place in west hartford and we're happy to be here and we're fortunate so do you yeah. mow that lawn or does, does somebody mow the lawn for you i would your schedule is just bad schedule. yeah well you're gonna have a lot of free time soon I ain't mowing this. Maybe uh, get into mowing lawn. I used to like to mow it just to prove my manhood. Like take I've heard that from people and I don't believe it. Do all that man stuff, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, if it gets to a point where we can't afford to do it, obviously we'll do it ourselves. But so far we think we're, it's okay to have a lawnmower company. I'm not embarrassed to say. Oh, I'm not saying that you would be embarrassed. I'm just saying I've heard people say that they mow their lawn because it's Zen. And I'm like, I, mean, I don't, is it? If it's, um, it depends on how zen you want to go. Like, I mean, this would take a long time. They use the rider thing. They're out there. You know, oh, wow. They don't want to do it either. They're just getting paid. So That's they... how big his lawn is, folks. He's got a riding mower. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't had a patch of grass to call my own in a very, very long time. I miss it. I've been stuck in this apartment for too long. Did... You're, you're welcome to come and visit. Oh, well, okay, then. I'll yeah, be there. Touch, just touch honestly to hang out with Gretchen, who seems like the coolest. How did you two meet? She's pretty good. She was my daughter's sixth grade teacher. Oh my God. Scandalous. This is no, like an HBO scandalous. limited series. It wasn't scandalous. She was, you know, I liked her. She's like, oh, say hi to the teacher today, you know, but it, nothing was bad. And then sometime later, you know, um, I was in Seattle at the time and there was a dissolution and ended up like, hey, what about that girl in Connecticut? And we were long distance yeah seeing each other like long distance for a long time and then when we were going to get married um espn just i don't know coincidentally or what but they were like hey we want you to do more sports centers but they have to be in connecticut we need more numbers out of you to be consistent and would you look at that and, it, and then we got married and then i started coming back so i would be in connecticut to be with gretchen and to work then i would get on a plane to go with be with my daughters who were still in high school in seattle and then they go to their mom when you know when i'd come here 
And yeah. we did that, geez, for three years. And then both daughters are college. One just graduated. Excuse me. Shout out Riley, Colorado, Boulder, uh, Dean's List. And Ooh, then Annie, Dean's Annie, List. Annie is a sophomore at Boston U. Okay. I wonder and if she goes to the White Horse Tavern. Uh, who knows? I, she has pretty free reign, but she's, she's diligent. I was going to say, she's but, not telling you if she goes. First, yeah, she's doing what she does. Uh, she goes what are they majoring time. in, the two of them? Uh, well, what, or major? Similar, political science and communications or broadcast, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, that's yeah, it. It's all Riley the same wants thing. to be like the next, um, you know, produce the next Grey's Anatomy. She's kind of looking for that. Annie okay. probably wants to uh, be like a political photojournalist or something. You know, it's, there's time to figure it out, right? I mean, nothing um, but time. Yeah, and We've Riley just graduated, but she is going to take a few months just enjoy what she just did, have a summer, you know, take a part-time job, just chill. Annie's working, Annie's working at a restaurant in Boston, the name of which I don't know. Ooh, find out and tell me well, later. She said it's fancy town. She has to wear like black pants and, and fancy shirt or something. It wasn't somewhere and, I worked then. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a diner. It's like a legit. Okay. You know, I didn't work at a diner. I worked at like a college bar because okay. they had a pop-a shop machine and I could use you know it what? on uh, during my downtime. My college job, I was a garbage man. Really? In Seattle. I mean, that There's, sounds, I've heard that's good money. Is that just a thing people on the internet say? No, it, it was great. I don't know. I'm sure it's decent now. It's the industry has changed in, since I left it. So I Do was you still bold. keep up with it? Do you know I about try. the politics? I try. Okay. I, I have high respect for garbage men and women because without them, all our garbage would, would be here would be still. We in Hoboken, they do it at like two or three in the morning, which yeah. I imagine is because the streets are like one way streets well, and it's pretty small. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So that they do it really late, which I, I used to get annoyed by. And now I'm like, man, that must be a tough gig. Yeah. Well, I was in junior college in the winter of my first year. I was, I skipped my middle quarter. They had three, they call them, no. Yeah, they call them quarters, but there were three. Wait, I guess there was a, <laughs> I guess there was a summer one too. So that's four quarters, yeah. You just didn't that, go to that one. Yeah, they're not doing that. So after my first one, I took journalism. Yeah. I took something else, English or something, and some class that, you know, whatever. Because I thought I was going to play one season and then move on to a bigger college, right? Yeah, you I, were good at football. We should let people know. Yeah, in my head, well, I walked on at Washington. Again, you were I, good at football. Then I walked off. <laughs> Orin Moon was the starter, okay? Oh, um, God. Tom Flick, Dwayne Aquina, the kid who was the freshman on scholarship, no offense, he was meant to be a receiver or like a slot guy. He was a really good athlete. He, he was a superstar in high school. And they were trying to convert him to a quarterback because I Why? think they took him because his offense at high school, I think they did some shotgun and he'd roll out and it looked like they could make it. But I threw circles around him, but I was the freshman mm. walk on. And I was never going to get a look. It, you know, I was like, I'm standing at the first five days of practice, so bummed. Like, I'm not even, you know, you guys aren't even you, in individuals I could get on the field. Otherwise, I'm mostly just kind of watching and doing steps and stuff. So I called the JC coach in Wenatchee, Washington. That's where you get your apples from. Wenatchee. Sandy Cooprider. Don Coriel, famous football coach. Uh -huh. San Diego, uh, Eric Coriel. Um, coach Dan Fouts, but he coached at my old JC. Like, you know, he's in the list of all-time coaches, right? So I called the JC guy. I said, hey, it ain't working out at Washington. I, j I don't want to waste my time here or never get looked at. Or, you know, can I still come over there? He's like, absolutely. So went in and told him I'm leaving. Two days later, I'm in Wenatchee. Did pretty well my first year. Now I think, oh, I'm going to get all this attention. 
I'm going to take off somewhere else, right? So I take the – this is both a garbage man and a football story, by the way. So I'm bowling one night in, you know, December or January, whatever it was of that off time while I'm fielding a few offers, a few colleges, not as many as I'd hoped, um, are calling me. And this guy next to me sees me, you know, winging a 16-pound ball or whatever and says, hey, you look strong enough. Do you want to be a garbage man? That was the pitch. Wow. Uh, how much does it pay? It was good money for the time, right? So I did some – garbage man work right then and there. I think I worked two days later or something. I was like the extra guy if they needed extra guy. And I was the guy who hung on the back. They called it the swamper that's position. The, that's the job I think I would want if I were doing it. Except oh, since that time, almost all the garbage industry has gone to the one man just or woman driver with the forklift thing. They don't need the guy in the back. Nobody even the, gets out really? of the car. I think yeah. we've got, we've still got guy well, on the back. Maybe old school. You guys are old school. Guy is gender neutral, but I think we have so, guy on the back still. Person. So yeah. now I think it was Montana and I still, no, no offense to Montana. I was hoping to be even a little bit higher and they were going to offer a scholarship, but the guy, I think it was coach Nichols, if I remember the name right, um, said, dude, I, you can't even come here because you walked on at Washington. So you have to graduate from JC oh, before you can go to any division one A school. That's dumb. Is that still the rule? Is that that's dumb? It. How dumb is that rule, right? Very, well, I mean, so, I think that about every time I hear any rule involving college yeah. football. So I I hadn't quit the school. I just told them I was taking a, a you know quarter off and going to work and see my people in Seattle. So I go back to Wenatchee in the spring, played the next year, and then and got into the next semester or quarter, whatever they're calling it. And at that point, I was you know more coveted, if you will, but. Nothing. Notre Dame wasn't calling me. You know what I mean? Stanford mm. said I could walk on. Um, but a instead, I like I went to UNLV because I love the coach. I love the feel of the place. And I was a walk-on, but I got a scholarship right away. And uh, first year, I redshirted because I cut my finger. You can't see the scar. But I was washing dishes. Right, No, it's this hand, my right hand. I was washing dishes, and a glass broke about a week before practice. Ooh. The tendon inside my oh, big Oh, God. Ah. So I couldn't throw for like three weeks, right? Because, you know, I got a heel. And then by the time I was behind, it was like they already had Larry Gentry and Sam King, these other two good quarterbacks. And they just said, we're going to redshirt you. And then the next year, 1980, Sam redshirts, because they want to save one more year from him. Yeah. Him, And they think Larry or I will be the one. Larry's the starter mostly. And I start playing a little bit more. He's clearly the starter, but I started to get in a little bit more. And I break my leg against oh, Kenny, Oregon. what are you doing? Last play of the game at Oregon, 1980. Guy sticks his helmet on my ankle. Oh. Fra fracture dislocation. I came back and played the next year. Sam was the starter. I was second. Randall Cunningham, you've heard of him. Yes. He was the freshman superstar coming up, but he wasn't playing. Alan Reynolds was third from Buell, Idaho. Um, and so I played a little, not a lot. I was, you know, I could throw, but could have been a little more disciplined. Oh. More. You were just, you were jumping, jumping. No, and it was mostly like, I think I, I think I always felt like I had something to prove. So I was always trying the plays that I could prove. Look at me. I'm running, it. I'm, throwing, I'm throwing the 95 deep and all that. Sam was smart. He was like, I'm going to give the ball to Michael Morton. He runs a four, two. I'm going to give the ball to Ray Krause. He's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was smarter than I, and we've remained great friends and just heard from him. Randall, you know, we stay in touch. Whole bunch of my old guys, Jimmy Sandusky, you know, I could look, Cam Holloway just called me number five in your program. Um, so where were we, garbage or football? I can't are you better at this than you are at football, than you were at football? At podcast? At, at talking, at what you do. 
now. I'm probably bet. Yeah, probably. It hurts my soul to say that. I mean, I wasn't horrible. Like after, after I'm not saying you were bad. After college, you went to you were on the Seahawks, were you not? Well, for about a day, so or three weeks, I should say. So Sam was offered to go. Sam led the nation in passing yards. The guy ahead of me, Sam King, looked up, 1981, four thousand something. We beat BYU at BYU. Sam had an insane game, five hundred yards. Beat Steve Young was their quarterback. Jim McMahon was hurt, so the freshman Steve Young came. Can you enjoy that when you're the backup, or are you just frustrated with that? Yeah, yeah. I never had a thing against Sam and I were friends. Yeah. I'd never, it's always that thing of what Jim Bouton say, you want the guy to do well, but not at your expense, you know? Yeah. So I wasn't hoping Sam would get picked five times, but I also was like, gang, I never got, you know, I never got to do the thing I wanted to do, you know, throw 50 times in the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he beat me out and he deserved it. Like, I, you know, there's no going back. Like I could have played better and I didn't. Um, so my coach, Tony Knapp, um, called the Seahawks and said, hey, Sam was going to go to Canada instead. And my coach called the Seahawks said, hey, if you like the first guy, you ought to give the second guy, me, a look. So they bring me up there. And actually, I went up on my own. My dad worked for the airlines. I went up there for $3. So, you know, they just, let's arrange. I said, I can get there myself. You know, let me go try out. And in the building, the day I go for my tryout, 1982, uh, June, I think it was, um, guess who's in the building? That they, Hey, we need a couple of receivers to run routes. Steve Largent. Wow. So that's a good guy to throw to if you're trying to try out for something. Yeah, it worked. And, oh, he couldn't. He was a sweetheart. He caught the ball off his feet. He did everything I needed, right? So he made me look better than I was. I threw pretty well that day. And they're, they're uh, how'd they phrase it? The Dick Mansberger, the player director said, uh, player personnel, he said, uh, they say you weren't terrible. We're going to offer you a contract. That was enough for me. I didn't care. Go ahead. Get, kind of uh, the beginning of the sentence doesn't matter. I don't need the compliment. I got the contract. I didn't even, I didn't even look at the price. Just yeah. you're telling me right this second, I'm a Seattle Seahawk. Where do I sign? Right. I think it was 35, 45, 50, something like that. I can't remember. Something, it was rookie minimum or whatever at the time. Right. Sure. No bonus. Just you get to come to camp. So for like the next month, I went up to Kirkland. Their original training ground was on Lake Washington. It also is now, but this was their original one. And then they had a second place inland and then back to the one they're in now in Renton. Um, but this is in Kirkland. It's now like a hotel and marina or something. Um, and I was holding my own against, you know, the other rookies. Jim Zorn's coming by throwing. Um, I got to throw against Kenny easily one-on-one. -on -one, like, And I told Kenny years later, I still remember the day. Like, I'll never forget this moment. He was press defense against Mark McGrath so tight. We completed the pass, but for like three yards, like could not get free from Kenny easily. Pretty soon I'm like handing him the ball, you know, like ridiculous. It took like eight seconds to get it out. But I go to Cheney, Washington, which is in Eastern Washington for camp now. Norm Johnson, the, the good kicker from UCLA, he was my yeah. roommate. And the very next morning, it was just a like report. It's going to be all walkthroughs, kind of like checking in, not a real practice yet. And they said, hey, we need you to do a test. And I'm thinking it's a test like bench press or running a 40 or, you know, normal athletic test. It was to test my ankle. And Ooh. I didn't know this. So I'm so stupid. I, I'm like trying as hard as I can. Right. And basically it had like a little graph showing strength or lack of strength. My left leg was strong. My right leg was not. And they said, we, we just can't do this. Like your, your leg is not sufficient. We're worried about injury. We're worried about having to pay you, you know? So I got cut on day one. Uh, a PA took me to the airport. I'm like in tears, you know, can't believe yeah. the high of highs. Like I'm actually, cause I didn't think I was Joe Montana, but if I lasted long enough at their camp, 
you know, there was USFL, there was CFL, there was another team. Got, who knows, right? Right. And I knew I had the arm for it, whether I was a good enough quarterback would be determined, right? Um, and so I'm at the Cheney Airport. They give me $10 meal money. Thanks. A five, a five, four ones, and four quarters. Oh, my God. That's, that's what I got from the National oh Football A pocket full of change. And I go back to Seattle to my parents' house, and I'm just, like, I got sick for a couple – like, I just – Totally yeah, I was like, going to say, what are the days after that like? Oh, bad. I was, felt like I had the flu. I just had to, you know, I was just, I lost everything. You know, I was so sad. Yeah. I was still going to try though, right? I wasn't going to give up. I wanted to get to a USFL tryout or a Can Canadian tryout or whatever. But every time it's the same thing. Like you throw okay, but what's your background? Oh, you didn't play much in college and you have ruined ankles. Yeah, so. it's like nothing I can do now will add to that day. then. Yeah. So in the meantime, I see an ad in the newspaper. This is how people got jobs back in 1982. No, <laughs> in the really what now? <laughs> physical newspaper, the kind that have ink, you know, the paper, newspaper, right? Which would always get on your hands and was inconvenient. Know, but I'm but still a newspaper guy. I love, I, bet. I like that. I like the whole thing, the experience of it. I don't yeah. do it as much. I, you know, I'm like everybody else. You can get it quick online, but um, I still like books. I don't want to read it on a computer. I can tell, I want to yeah, hold I can a book. tell this about you. Um, I don't like reality shows that much yep. unless I'm in them and it's profitable, but sure. um, there's an ad in the paper for KSTW. It's the channel. It's the one I was talking about earlier. If we yeah. don't edit this, don't edit it. I'm and not going to. They need like, um, they don't describe the position. It's just, here are the tasks basically. Sure. Right? And it's like, right, what the hell? Let's, you know, let's get a job. So I call up, I get hired over the phone basically. I think he knew who I was from football. Like, I think he knew my name locally. And I had a story similar to the LA Times thing. I wrote sort of my own personal story about Seahawks that printed in the Seattle Times, right? My mom changed some stuff at the last minute and didn't tell me. What did she change? I don't know. She wrote that I would not have written. She just put in like, and his mom was always mom so was, supportive. She decided to be, because she, I, like, I, I forget why she even touched it before. She it got was, was she a momager? She kind of was, and I wasn't like, it wasn't like my mom did stuff for me, but I don't know why. I think I had her look at it. She's a good writer. Like, it was good to have yeah. another set of eyes, and I think she slipped some stuff in after the fact. I don't know what happened. Like, I wouldn't have said it that way. It was kind of like, and could you believe it? I was throwing to Steve Large, you know, like, <laughs> it was so bad. Old mom. Oh, I love that. So I didn't take heat for your mom's jokes. She was working out jokes through yeah. you. You were her ghostwriter. She passed away young, uh, only 58, and I was only about 26 a few years later, so Man. that was tough. Yeah, she was a good, good woman. Barbara Creighton, her original name, Barbara Maine. Um, is she where your funny comes from, or is it from your dad? No, poor, more my, my mom had a good sense of humor, but not. she wasn't going to carry a room. She was yeah. going to be – my dad was funny. He, I'd say a combo of my dad, his best friend, Al Drake, who looked like a combo of Johnny Carson and Barney Rubble. <laughs> Shout out Al Drake. He passed away, too. Um, so, you know, my friends, Mark Sansever, uh, other people in my life, my sister's boyfriends and um, experimenting in junior high and high school with, you know, the jokes. And How old's your sister? She's older than you? My, I got three older sisters. They're all, I'm the baby. Damn. Three yeah. so older now I, sisters. I start working at this little Channel 11 thing. And for like three years, because most people get out of college if they want to be on TV, whatever, whether it's news or sports or whatever, you know, they go to like Tri-Cities or Bend, Oregon or uh, Stockton, California, right? They go to a smaller market. No offense yeah. to any of those markets. Just, you, you don't typically just jump to Seattle, right? Sure. So I start in Seattle, but as, you know, like a PA, a production assistant, but without the title. 
my first job was to rip apart. This is, we used typewriters, electric typewriters, not computers. They weren't invented yet. If they were, we don't know if they were. And then there'd be script, you know, the, like big fire in Seattle tonight, two injured, you know, whatever the story was, right? And my job was to rip the pages apart on five-way copy paper and make piles yellow, green, blue, you know, whatever they were, right? And give one to the anchor, or the other anchor, or the producer, or the director, and the teleprompter. The teleprompter, for those who don't know, it's, the, it's, it's like two-way mirror kind of thing, and you're reading, looking at the camera, right? Which we barely do on SportsCenter except for big lead-ins, right? Really? I'm telling the viewers, listeners. No, no, I, no that's me genuinely being shocked. I thought, I thought like a lot of the stuff was prompter. We almost, I'd say, I look at a teleprompter on an hour sports center for 3% of the show. And would you say that's normal across the board or is that your style? No, across the board at ESPN, I can't speak for elsewhere. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. Strangely, that's when I finally started doing sports, this is, you know, I was going to take you through it. Like I moved up and up. Now I got to produce shows. I was the producer for the new show. Um, did that as a backup kind of thing. Then finally, Alice Blanchard quit. She went to be an attorney and there was a hiring freeze by the Gaylord Broadcasting Company. I'm like, it's me or nobody. They got nobody to turn to. You backed them into a corner. And they knew I wanted, you know, to, you know I was kind of like a cub reporter. I'd go out and shadow and turn in my story that, you know, like King County officials say that, the, you know, <laughs> I was doing news, right? Yeah. Ferry officials say the ferry should return to service in two days. You know, that kind of thing, right? Horrible stories. And my first story was the Asarco smelter. No, it was the Midway landfill. You know, it was like the, the garbage dump and it was methane gas was leaking. So I was doing Oof. the powerful, methane gas is an issue in Kent, you know, you know, city council members, you know, all that stuff, right? And then what was it? Concerned citizens. Uh, so <laughs> the second story, Stevie Wonder, and I'm out. That's our, and thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm out. <laughs> Did I leave now? Because that, how do you do better than that? Uh. He was in town to play the InScore Circle concert uh series and it's starting in seattle so i tell the assignment editor i think it was jeff rounds and i say stevie wonder's coming can, you know the, if, he's like my idol can i go cover that one of my i'll do whatever other story but can that be my thing they agree to go he's doing the warm-up at the coliseum which is now going to be the climate pledge arena um Ooh. and yeah it's kind of cool what they're doing actually the, the storm will play there the return of a basketball team and the kraken the hockey and concerts and whatever so um i go to the coliseum Tom Hickey's the cameraman. This is all coming back pretty well. It was a long time ago. But yeah, I'm really I, impressed I, by your recall. Yeah. And, and I wish I had that same recall for hockey players. On nope, highlights. never going to happen. Yeah, I'm out. So, Stevie, they said, no, just shoot like 10 minutes of B-roll. You know, no sound. We're not doing interviews today. He's getting serious about the show. I look up on stage, and one of the more enterprising local guys, you know, Channel 4 guy or whatever, he's up there interviewing him. And I'm like, let's go, let's go. So we all, all the crews go running up like Stevie's talking. So we're all kind of coming in one at a time. I'm the last guy in. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I wish you were using video because my hand was shaking. <laughs> like, I mean, I couldn't even, I, I, Stevie wonders seven feet from me. I can't even believe this is happening. And I put my keyboard or my mic down. Unfortunately, I hit the key. No. So like he's talking and it's gone. No. True yeah, story. So Stevie turns the knob to zero doesn't say a word, not offend, not mad. He knows it's probably a mess. He doesn't care, you know, I mean, and years later, I got to work with him two more times and met him once or twice more at a concert. Um, I told him the story, cause I said, well, essentially I've told people we've collaborated musically. That's I brought it up, you took it down, <laughs> just like 
in uh, Love's in Need of Love today, you know, bring it down a little. So love is very peaceful. Bring it up a little, you know, if you know the lyrics. Um, yeah. Google it. And um, I got him to say the All-Star game was going to be in Detroit one year. And Tim Scanlon, the old baseball boss, let me go to Philadelphia where he was going to be in this big concert. And it was like a, a cause concert. It was called Live 8. They were trying to relief. I remember that, that. Yeah. And there's everybody's there, right? So I'm standing, I'm, I'm going to try to get Stevie Wonder to say one line and it's going to be inserted into my bit, right? And he said, well, do you have anything set up? I said, not really. Do you have like a pass like to get in or, you know, I mean, I'll work on it. I'm just kind of, now, Tim, I don't have any, I got nothing. I got nothing. I just want to get on a plane to Philadelphia, get a hotel, a nice one, and try to do it. And he said, I think you'll pull it off. Good luck. I mean, how awesome. What a great That's boss. awesome. I don't think that happens that often. Not often That's at pretty all. awesome. You need a Tim Scanlon in your life. Did so, you get him? I'm getting there. Okay, sorry. I'm just so, fancy. I got no pass. I got nothing. Um, I find out at the hotel, the people putting on the event, it's very ad hoc. You know, it's not like it's, it's a throw together concert. So there is no structure, right? It's just mm -hmm. all the, you got these, it's sort of like a global citizen event, right? Like that version or that, the version of that now then. I get to the right people. They said, okay, yeah, you're, you're ESPN. Cool. We'll give you the past cameraman audio. Okay. So I find out our staging area is like literally like nine blocks from the venue where the shows an outdoor amphitheater they built, they threw together, or maybe it's, maybe it's permanent. I don't know. Anyway, downtown Philadelphia, they're throwing a concert. I'm nine blocks away. I'm watching on a monitor. Other people are happy to be, excuse me, happy to be there because they're going to go to the press conference afterward of each artist. And that's all they want. I want Stevie Wonder one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want to, I can't get that happening there. Right. Right. As the day goes on, it's a long day too. It's like a noon start. It's going till nine o'clock at night or whatever. I, some teamster who's one of the crew setting it up. He's like, you're, you're from ESPN, right? You know, you make, we make the association. He said, what are you doing? And I tell him I'm trying to get Stevie Wonder. He gives me a lanyard. What? Now I'm backstage. Oh my God. I've gone from nine blocks away. I'm now backstage. So now I'm cool. I'm talking to Sarah McLaughlin. I'm, you know, I'm just like doing whatever. Stevie's not playing till late. He's got hours and hours till he's coming on. So I go back to the compound and they got all these trailers where all the artists are, you know, hanging out in the green room, so to speak. Right. And this guy comes out and waves Will Ferrell, not Will Ferrell. I'm Will Smith. How did I say Will Ferrell? So many Edit. famous Wills that you're friends with. I, I don't know why I said Will Ferrell. Because we were talking about him earlier. Yes. Will Smith, unlike Will Ferrell. They don't even look the same. Different people, both yes. very talented. I don't think anyone's and ever gotten them confused until this moment. Fans of both. <laughs> to be clear. I've worked with Will Ferrell, never met Will Smith. And I didn't meet him that day. He goes in, he talks to Stevie, five minutes, whatever. He pops out. The guy weighs the next person in. Natalie Portman, never worked with her, don't know her. She walks in, okay? And she has a shaved head because she was in that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. X something, whatever that was, you know? Uh-huh. Somebody else goes in. So now he's looking at me, I think. I'm like 50 feet away, you know, like a good, a good distance away. You know, a lot of people in between us. And I'm like, how do they know who I am? Like, I'm, in my head, I'm like, there's no way. Uh, he waved like five times, big smile. I start walking towards Stevie Wonder's tent or trailer. Don Cheadle walks by me. Oh, they my goodness. To Don Cheadle the whole time. Oh, it wasn't you. I mean, you didn't no. look behind you to see if there was somebody more famous than you, Kenny? That seems like step one in those situations. No, I blew it. So I'm embarrassed. Cheadle looks at me and smiles like he giggles. He saw what happened, right? Yeah. So I stay in it. I stay in the game. I get to Stevie. And I can't remember for sure. I should remember whether it was Milton Hardaway, his, his brother, or another person or a couple people. And I pitched, hey, 
here's my deal I'm from ESPN, blah, blah, blah. And they said, we're not saying yes, we're not saying no. If you stand right there, they point to where I got to be right after he's off the, off the set, 9.15 or whatever time it was. You pitch him. We'll bring him to you. You get your one shot. Tell him what you're trying to do. Good enough for me. You mm-hmm. know, I'm in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to my standing spot after he's all done. And BET happens to be there. But their cameras, something's wrong with their camera. Uh-oh. And they already had a deal to talk to Stevie. And I was like, you can borrow my camera guy. You know, we're already paying Ooh. for it. So BET goes first. They do their nice little interview for a few minutes. Stevie's then, somebody says, oh, the guy from ESPN wants to ask you a question. And I just break it down. Steve, I, I'm a huge fan and, and stumbling. You know, I'm nervous. You know, um, this is about how well it went, right? I'm like dying, trying to get out. So anyway, I'm doing this kind of a comedy bit. The baseball all-star games in Detroit. You're from Saginaw. I'm making the connection. Would you do one line, one line only, right? He says, well, what is it? I said, I need you to say, I can't be at the baseball all-star game. I have a high ankle sprain. <laughs> he laughed. He did it in one take. Yes. I said, uh, you're the best. Thank you, sir. He starts to walk away. No problem, he says. And I say, hey, when's the album coming out? And he turns back and he goes, soon. And he Ooh. Walks. And that, yeah. folks, uh, is the yeah. story of Kenny Mayne and Stevie Wonder. That ain't bad. It's not bad. But I, in my head, I'm like, you've definitely told it before. A hundred thousand times. Yeah, why, exactly. Why wouldn't I? Man, I don't know. So, was that, was the, what, go. Wait, my boss is calling. Should I get that call? Uh, I mean, sure. Oh, Who's your yeah. boss? Um, well, I have several. Um, so years later, I took my daughters and my sister in Los Angeles. Stevie did this reboot of, um, what well, wasn't a reboot. It was basically like honoring the, one of the great albums of all time, Songs in the Key of Life. And he did a concert tour where he just played songs. He start to finish songs in the key of life right really cool john mayer played with them uh, in the re it was crazy good and i got to go backstage because i know latonya his assistant and you know got my daughters a picture with them and i'd already met him but it was cool to meet him once more you know like hey thanks again great you know appreciate your hospitality and there's an aura about him that's different than being around any other human being i've ever been around There's, there's nothing that compares and i love his music and what he's meant kind of like in my life. Like, and in fact, I, I don't write as well as him, but I think from him is, has improved my writing. The way he kind of inverts words. I, I, I'd have to Google a lyric to, I should have it off memory, but he'll kind of say, say something that you get, but he says it upside down or sort of, right? Puts the front yeah. in the, the back and the front and the front and the back, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to be like inspired by the way somebody writes. I remember Letterman was how I got into like paying attention to how some words can be funnier than other words just by swapping them out. It immediately makes something funnier. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, Letterman was a huge, is a huge car racing guy, right? Mm -hmm. So I used to do the car racing show at ESPN2 called RPM Tonight. I knew nothing, nothing. I didn't know, I don't still know how a car works. Sure. Me and I don't care as long as it works. Somebody else can, that's their issue, right? How long did you do the show for? A couple of years. That was right before I got asked to be on with Dan Patrick to replace Oberman, you know. On SportsCenter, yeah. Yeah. So um, they, Bob Eaton called me in. What do you know about car racing? I'm like, nothing. Okay, you're the host. I'm like, wow. well, what, did, what did the other people say? What, what was the point of asking? What did the other people possibly say that could have lost them the job? But the funny thing is, I grew to really appreciate it and like it. I'm friends with Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon and got to be a Dale Sr.'s one 500 win. Wow. Got to go on his boat 
to have dinner. I thought it was a prank because back to Letterman in that same time period, like literally like a month or two before I'd interviewed Letterman about his love of car racing and he on and on. He was super nice. We changed tapes five times, but this is back when you used videotapes. And I mean, he just was so gracious and he loves the sport. It's in his blood. He's from Indiana. Right. And so we're packing the gear afterward and we're all done and 90 minute interview. And we're on the street just about to leave. And Letterman happens to his car gets pulled up and he pops out and he's jumping in. He says, Hey Ken, do you want to go to dinner? I'm no, like, I'm busy. David Letterman asked me to dinner. Uh, and I looked at the, like, I'm going to dump, uh, you know what? I'll get my own ride back. I'm like, they're out. I'm not taking my friends with this like camera guy. And I took a step toward, Le he's, I'm just with you. And he gets, uh, but it's a man. funny joke. No, it's but a it's, funny joke. it's not, it's so mean. No, it's funny. no, I got no problems with the joke. It's a great joke. Mm, it's a it's fine like, joke it's like telling the guy to run long and don't throw the ball you know yeah, again like, a fine joke a fine joke I don't, i'm not saying I mean, it was i'm not saying it to cast him in some bad life i know you're a, not i am funny i am and not long after dale had won the 500 the year before and dale said want to come on my boat right and i this is in my little dumb brain that oh my god is this the letterman joke again and so i'm He's on set. We're wrapping up. He, the, whoever won the 500, the next year would be our co-host. That was just mm. the thing. ESPN. It was kind of cool. Barry Sachs. That is kind of cool. Went. And um, so he's like, we're in a break or, or, or taping or whatever. And he says, hey, you want to have dinner? I'm like, I'm right. I flash back to Letterman. Uh, you serious? Here, take my number. And now Dale Ernest is going to give me his phone number. We're going to talk later and figure out what time or, you know. So I ended up going on his boat. Like, I think it was the next night. Teresa, his wife, and Dale, and Dale, and they had a cook, and he's got this boat called Sunday Money, you know, like, you know, oh big fancy yacht, sitting yeah. there on the, the harbor, uh, you know, in Daytona, um, and he, uh, wait, was it Daytona? Yeah, Daytona, yeah, what am I, I'm spacing out. Um, what the hell waterway is by Daytona? Oh, I mean, right if you think anybody listening to this think, knows. I'm thinking what waterway, because it wasn't the open ocean, you know, it wasn't mm. like we were gonna sail sure. to Europe or anything. Hey, I want to clear this up for myself, all right? I'm no, I get it. I'm, I'm being patient with it because I'm, I'm like, it does not matter. My own story. I, you're going to miss some F-bombs, by the way, on the edit. Um, so, Who cares? Yeah. Oops. Um, we go there, and we have a great dinner. And then I had a cold, and he was kind of nursing me all night. Like, hey, try this, try that. And you know, Have you ever thought about you know, Claritin or whatever? And he has to go. He has to leave at like 9 o'clock to go to some, you know, drivers go to those hospitality things, you know, the sponsorship deals. And he's I got to go. And so I kind of get up. Like, oh, well, it's time I should go too, right? He's leaving, I should leave. No, 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 stay with Teresa. Like, you know, we were looking at family pictures and whatnot. He's like, okay, I'll do what Dale Lerner says. I'm gonna sit back down and <laughs> Teresa's showing me Dale Jr. at age three and all this. And Crazy. Dale starts to walk out and he says, I know, stay as, stay as long. And he turns, stay and watch the pictures and turns back and goes, but don't stay too long. Ooh, what does that mean? What does he mean when he says that? I would immediately be afraid. Another great joke, right? Yeah, he's, but what do you silly? He's like, you know, that's my wife. Don't stay too long. Like he didn't think anything was going to happen. Yeah, but it's, it's not what would have happened in my what brain. A, what a great line. Yeah. Um, How much so, longer yeah. did you stay? It feels important to me to know this. Like 11 minutes. Or so. okay, yeah, I would have been like, <laughs> and that's Thank my you. cue to go. Thank you through kindergarten, I'm out. Yeah, I'd I'm much out. rather leave early than be than yeah. overstay and, my welcome. And Dale Jr. and I are friends. Like we've done stuff together, both, you know, uh, he helped my foundation. We have the, and as you know, I have the thing for the veterans called runfreely.org. That's R-U-N-F-R-E-E-L-Y, runfreely.org. And because of my ruined ankle, which I talked about during the football thing, mm. um, I've, you know, like I can't do stuff athletically without this, this device I wear. 
And once I got it, I cried for about two hours first. And then I called Gretchen while crying saying, you're not going to believe this thing I just put on my leg. Like I can run. I just ran 15 miles an hour. I just went up a hill. Like I can play golf. I can hike. I can play flag football. I run sprints sometimes. I don't, you know, not very fast. I don't like long distance running. I'm not out like doing, you know, eight K's or anything, but maybe I'll build up to a I mean, you're more. talking to somebody who hasn't exercised in years and I'm feeling very guilty because I, I think my ankles right. are, are fine. Gretchen's going to get you on the Pilates girl. You'll okay. I just, I just need a coach. I need a person yeah. that's like, come gonna, on, we got to do it. Up. You need to do it. It's good for your health. It's good for your mind. I know. And you should be doing something. I don't though. So, um, yeah. So yeah, Dale's a good dude, Dale Jr. And when the pandemic happened, yeah, uh, the first three months, I think, Sports Center got reduced to one Sports Center a night. There's Van Pelt, there's me, there's Bucci, there's Anderson, there's Eves, there's Levy. There, who, who did I leave out? I left out somebody. I'm sorry. Um, so there's like nine of us, mm. and there's only one show. So I would be off for three weeks. All right, we need you for two days. What'd and you also, do? Also, there's no sports, by the way. Oh I mean, yes, important to note. A lot, a lot of stories about the fact there are no sports. Mm. And then I just started saying, why don't we just call interesting people? You know, what if I call Dale Jr. and we talk for 12 minutes? That's better than saying there's no sports, right? Still, a quick update, no sports still. Yeah. Yeah. So we did Dale, uh, Jamal Crawford, a friend of mine, he came on. Um, other people did similar. Like, you know, somebody that's in their life or that, and let's, let's build something around it. We also, how we filled mostly would be on this date in history, Michael Jordan sure. scores 54 points. Let's look at the best 300 Michael Jordan plays. You know? Yeah, for the next four hours, we're going to show you all the plays, and then you can decide which ones you like the best. Yeah, so that's the Dale Earnhardt. Don is that the only effect that COVID had on your life? Did you? I mean, I imagine you spent a lot more time at home. I just in talking to people over the last year, a lot, yeah. a lot of people have had moments of like self-reflection. I did a little bit of that. I would say, you know, yeah. it made, it's cliche, but absolutely made you appreciate. I mean, we're very fortunate. We have incredibly don't have, um, you know days where we have to worry about food we try to help out food banks i encouraged others to do so and um you know any other causes like that sent some money to a couple different hospitals hey let's treat the nurses tonight like you just do good things right like mm -hmm. and other people were hurting it was scary it still is but it's slightly less like we're getting to a better place um yeah we pretty boring life to tell you the truth but yet again because we are lucky we live near a trail we've got a nice big yard we got dogs. We just a lot of dog walks. Mm. Um, then some more dog walks. And then Gretchen you know. takes a solo walk by herself. And then she'd go walk a third time some days. I run my sprints, um, lift now and then. I should do more. A um, lot of Netflix. And the funny, the funny part to me, looking back, and my daughter, my Riley flew back from Colorado, wanted to be with me. Seattle was one of the hotspots. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the beginning, um, I remember. So she hung here for a couple months. Annie came over from Boston. You know, we traded around. Um, how in the first couple few weeks there was game night, you know, three nights. So we're playing Pictionary. Yeah, but we're playing Scrabble. We're playing Monopoly. And then it's like, oh, this is going on for a long time. We don't need to do game night every night. Yeah, I mean, but I appreciate that you can admit that instead of being like, oh, we're bad people because we don't yeah. want to do it. It's like, you just and don't want to do it. In the meantime, this isn't because of the pandemic. I was already pitching it. I made up a card baseball game when I was a little kid with my uncle. And it's basically like playing war, you know, high card wins, right? Yeah. And, but I made it be about baseball. So I sold the Topps trading card company on my game and you can get it now because I'm unemployed. What's it's, it called? It's, it's 
uh, Tops 52 Card Baseball. That's T-O-P-P-S. They know. 52 Card Baseball. And then mine, if you search bar my name, I'm not really getting rich off that. It's, it was kind of more like fun. It was kind of fun to do. Like I invented something and these guys think it's kind of cool. Yeah, got, it's very I played, cool. I played a Joey Votto and another actor friend of mine, Tony Todd. Like we play over the Zoom, show people yeah. you know, our game. The, the fun part about it that you would like is you make up your lineup, you know. So leading off is your dog. Batting second, your fifth grade girlfriend. Batting third, so-and-so, right? Johnny Bench, clean up. And then you play the game out and you mark, you know, the score of who did what. It's just funny. Like, look who's coming up. Danny, our friend from down the street, you know. Yeah. So, uh, That's fun. 52-card base. That's 50. right. Go, put Kenny Main in the search bar and you'll find uh, it. 52-card baseball. Are you scared at all right no. now? Just, with you? You, no, not with me. I'm the least scary person in the world. But like, you know, it, making a move, making a change. Do you feel fear or are you just like, no, this is okay and it's going to be great? This, the latter. I think there was, I didn't think it was going to go as quickly as it went. Like I thought we'd keep talking through May and I might talk to some other companies or whatever it happened. In the back of my pocket or my back pocket, always I thought, Worst case, if it doesn't work out and I decide to leave and, or they decide to lose me, um, June 1st, I, I think I can make commercials. That's a, I, I think I know how to make them and mm. not just think. I know how to make commercials. I already plugged that a few times. We um, were supposed to film one together and then I, it wasn't, I, know. I showed up the day of and it was not you. It's, and I was like, what, okay. I, I always thought we would do something like mm. we- Me too. That's we, why I said yes to a commercial. I never say yes to commercials. And I was like, Kenny Maine, let's go. And then I you think, ghosted me. Why do we? Why do you not say yes to commercials? Well, because most of the, most of the time you're not allowed to just be authentically yourself in a commercial. They want you to read their ad copy, and I feel icky doing that. You know what I do when I first hold a discussion with whoever calls? I say first thing is I don't want to read stuff. I don't believe like if I hate your joke, I'm not doing it. Sure, and but do they listen? Do they do they stick to that once you sign the contract? Yeah, it's very rare that I've had very few bad commercial experiences. There's been a couple that were a little more rigid and like, man, this isn't as funny as I want it to be because you're having me read too much verbiage about your product or, you know, reading from the tariff on a whatever. But all in all, uh, especially with the ESPN Creative Works, uh, Carrie. They're great. Ira Fritz, shout out. Um, Because of them and they believed in me, I was pitching them, you know, hey, I got a funny idea for blank or Duluth Trading Company wants you in the next set of commercials. They want you to write them, you know, so. That's great. I would trade notes and. I never had that problem. And now, particularly that now I'm on my own, um, I have no problems with that because I get So then what, what was your problem with me? Why'd you back out? It wasn't you. Mm. I don't know what happened. Mm. I don't, mm. I, I don't this is know. like the paper airplane landing on your no, desk. No, 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 I no. do not believe I, you. I just said it. And I meant it sincerely. I would have always, I'm having fun with you right now. We obviously get each other and we could have done other things. Something great. Maybe, maybe could, I'll come. Could have changed the world. Maybe I'll come to you with a commercial. All right. I mean, look, I don't mind doing commercials, you know, money, their money's green. Right. But it's just, sometimes I've found my experience. I think it's cause I don't have the storied career you have yet. Well, you're 12 years old. Like just, keep, that's right. You know, you got Not a day years. over that. So this is funny when people kept asking, what are you going to do? Are you scared? Are you nervous? You know, about the, like you just asked. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to, you know, shoot for the moon. Like first pitch I made was to Michael Jordan. <laughs> 
Why are you laughing at me? They because... answered back. We had a dialogue. It was like a legitimate back and forth with his. Uh, I'm not of... laughing because I think that it's pathetic. I'm laughing because it's funny because I, I, it's hard for me to text you to ask you to do my podcast. I get so nervous. And your first pitch you made to that, Michael Jordan. That's stupid that you have. That you don't have. You shouldn't have any insecurity. You're funny. That's how. But that's this brain, Kenny. That's what's going on up in here. Go talk to someone, cause like, yeah, do some more yoga. Like, you should have all the confidence in the world. You're. I'm getting there. Okay. Well, I'm on upswing currently. Yeah, you should. And I think this little conversation proves right. We're just talking to each other. Like, I'm not any better than you. We're two people having a conversation. You have headphones. I don't. Um. So Michael Jordan's people said no, but that's fine. Like my, I said this. Did you in take the that time. personally? I didn't. I, I, I was disappointed because I know it could be funny. I get why yeah. he doesn't want to and probably how we're going to raise $10 million, but that's a different problem. Um, somebody was going to give it to me. I was going to say to whoever, guess what? Michael Jordan said yes to my joke. How would you like Michael Jordan in your commercial? They'd say yes. And then we would have done it. So, sure. That's how that you get hard. the money. You just know. So, next him. one. Um, uh, there's a long story, but I'll, I'll to synthesize it here. Um, on Levitard's podcast, I was talking about the same thing. And I said, I gave a shout out to a company being silly, but yet also with a little plan behind it, right? Why wouldn't I say that company's name out loud on a podcast that might be heard, right? Mm-hmm. That company, shout out. Um, <laughs> they send me a DM and say, hey, we heard your shout out. We'd love to send you some product. I wrote, thanks for that. I was hoping to make a commercial, as I said. Oh, call this guy. Here's his number. Here's his email. I call him the same night. This is Thursday of the week that I announced, right? So Monday the 10th. Now, this is three days later, whatever. And we have a right over here. It was right by the barbecue. I was making chicken. And I'm talking to this guy, Steven. And he's just buying in. This is a great idea. Let's do it. I said, you're serious. Like, we're saying we're doing it. Are we doing it? You got to talk to him. I said, I can't. You can't just say we're doing it and we're doing it you got to talk to my attorney and their screen actors guild stuff. And you know, like it's a thing, it's, it is real. And he talks to Steve, my attorney a day or two later. Now we're in motion. We're shooting it on Friday. We have to follow the SAG COVID rules, which we're going to. And while it's not Michael Jordan money, it felt pretty good when you asked, are you scared? Like before I even leave the building, I already lined up something that would have been great to get in July or June or when, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, the key about is that it's far don't less. you don't you do this do not do not travis do this here i have a sponsor of this podcast travis oh. is going to beep everything you say including the company name what's your company name you're sponsoring i'll say uh, well it's today's podcast is brought to you by the flame flame bears it's another podcast you know what flame bear has always been one of my favorites out there in the whole uh that category yeah of, the women's sports category the women's sports category because i have a wife She's going to buy the hell out of the Flame Bearer product because of this relationship. I think it's free. Oh, what? It's free. You can listen to Flame Bearers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm friends with Sue Bird. That's me too. And what an awesome friend. She, the first time I met Sue Bird, and I I mean, I knew who she was. I was a fan. She's a great, great player. Yeah. yeah. Never met her though. Right. I, you know, just never met her. Been to some games, still didn't have them met her. And I'm at SeaTac airport. And the, here come the storm getting their own luggage. And Ugh. she comes up to me, goes, hey, I'm Sue Bird. Nice to meet you. She just says it like that. Yes. What? I mean, she couldn't. Yes. She's smart. She's funny. She's pretty. She's great. She's like, she's got a and great basketball player, by the way. So 
we it's almost like we just hit it off without like all right hope to see you down the road saw at jamal crawford's crossover event in seattle it's a great pro-am they have every summer um you know running to her in the building she does basketball analysis here and there for espn text her whatever she's going to be the last show that i do getting back to the tweet you said wasn't that funny um so i asked the bosses hey can can i kind of do some stuff i want to do i'm not going to blow up the place i'm going to do we'll still do all the games somebody's going to hit two home runs we're sure, say that gotta mention that fourth homer in the last five games and then we'll do it did you did you know did you have any idea that so and so did such and such and that's an amazing statistical thing that you can tell your friends uh-huh so my invite list and they all said yes and i'm so honored they did like for real like like i'm kind of humbled that all of them like one day later we've got sue bird mm-hmm. jamal crawford okay i feel bad for the people i've left out yeah, like, like me. But it's okay. We're over it. Keep going. Jamal Crawford. Marshawn Lynch. You're, you're Marshawn, yeah. I know there's more. About, Let me look about, at the tweet. How about Fred McGriff? How about him? He's right now. Right now he's on hold. We don't know if we have Fred McGriff. Ooh, we're ooh we're going to have to edit that out. And you told me not to edit this. So <sighs> stay in. Minute. You know what? Can what? we do an edit? No. Who did I forget? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he'll do it. No, Aaron's going to, Aaron's going to, the reason why I left him out, I'm going to pretend, because he'll think that we want him on to ask about the Packers, like mm. break the news. I'm not sure. I'm going to ask about the wedding. Yeah. My wife. But when is it? Is it soon? Is it, a, is it happening soon? No, don't no. know. You know well, who else? Find out. This is a really funny name drop. Um, but I mean, people I know, like, well, it's not really name drop. It's just, People I know. So sure. Main Street, long time ago, the thing we did. Yes. It was like situation comedy. Me, a little bit over the top character. Yeah. And we had everybody on that show was on Parks and Rec and movies, and they're all doing great stuff. You know, Ben Schwartz and John Glazer. And Aubrey Plaza. Um, John Mulaney was in one episode. Like, we've had crazy names, right? So Aubrey Plaza just got married, and it was I think it was on Instagram. Somebody told me about it. So I was on ESPN2 which sometimes I'm on two, right? We kind of make fun of that. Like it's JV and we want to get up to the big league. Two is the peak of what I've been on. I've never been higher than two. Come on. That's true. It's, it's just true, you know, but it's, I'm okay with it. Wrong. I'm not knocking Nothing the, wrong with two. ESPN two has only a few million fewer eyeballs than does one, but one gets more of the hype, right? One's yes. right. And Pelt's on one. Then Van Pelt's not on two. That's no. not Never. I'm on two, though, sometimes. And, in fact, I'm on Wednesday night against the Lakers Warriors, the game you watched last night as this runs on Thursday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to watch. I guess the basketball hater, baseball lover crowd will come to us on that night. So A fun crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Not that I think I'm some big prima donna, big deal, and i got to be featured. But when you're on two against a big event, you know, it's time, to roll, out, time to roll out some of the – the small room material that you do, you know, you do. Yeah. Like workshop a, some new bits. Yeah. The 40 per Warren Thomas, my dear old friend who passed away. Co- very funny comedian. I went to one of the shows on Easter Sunday. Hmm. He went so it was so dark and so wrong. And there were like nine people there in West Seattle. I'm like, what? It, and he did it on purpose. he like bombed on purpose. Just gave zero F's, you know, just. You got to die in order to rise again. You know? Maybe. If there's any um, lesson that Easter Sunday could teach us. But that's a pretty good crew. And I feel there's a whole bunch of people. Randall Cunningham should be on. Sam King. 
uh, Gary Payton. Yeah, you but know, you get a time limit. You can only fit so uh, many. And I think you I got tried, some good names. Yeah, maybe Gary Payton needs to jump. What I tried to do was let's do Seattle-centric, right? Because that's, you know, Sue plays there. Jamal's from there. Marshawn played there. And then Aaron's, you know, that's, that's for news value. Yeah, but you're not going to ask him about the Packers, just about the wedding. I mean, if he wants to go there, I, I'm not going to jam him up. Like, this is his moment. He must answer what his situation is. I think he's wanting to control that how he wants to. It's, that seems you know, clear, yeah. I don't know what – yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I can't see him not playing. I think he wants to play more. I'm just guessing. It feels I, like it would be dumb for him to not play. It feels to me like if he stopped, it'd be like, well, don't stop because of that. But, I mean, I'm not him, so I don't know. Yeah. No, everybody has to make their own call. And I don't know. I'm, maybe we'll ask them. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Maybe they won't well, let me do it. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't happen. I but guess we'll all have to tune in. I don't know why I keep getting phone calls from the people who are involved in who? whether it happens or not. But <sighs> All right. Well, then let me let you go. I'll ask you one more question. Matter. Long ways away. Let me, ask, let me ask you one more question, and then you can go answer all I these phone calls. Three more questions. Three? Three more questions or I walk. Okay. Uh, first one, what uh, – this is very, like, yearbook, end of the year question. But what are you going to miss – genuinely, what are you going to miss the most? The people. That's yeah. cliche but true. Like, we all complain about the late nights and, oh, my God, I'm doing the show. and Like, you know, the stuff you try – the thing you tried to get to do, then you want to do something else sometimes, right? That's just kind mm -hmm. of the way things work. But no one – everybody gets along. We have fun. We throw around ideas. Some nights are so stupid. We're in the newsroom. There's only like six of seven of us, whatever. And we just do random baseball trivia quizzes or it just it's stupid, but it's fun. You know, John Totten, one of the senior producers, he's like an encyclopedia of all this. Sometimes I'll Google what it is and yell out just to pretend like I'm not going to get these answers. I could better tell you the uh, the roster of the 1969 Seattle Pilots than the Mariners today, probably. I, like, there's stuff from your childhood. Yeah. Right? It's, it's in you, right? Touch points. So, for sure, I'm going to miss the – but I'm, the ones that I'm close to, I'm still going to go play golf or they can come over. Like, it's not like I'm, – I'm not even leaving anyway. I'm going to stay in the area, for yeah. one. So, it just means I'm not doing sports centers after May 24th. It's going to feel weird, don't you think? Definitely. No, it already feels weird because we announced it on May 10th. And here we are pretending it's Thursday, May. No, we're not pretending anymore. We've stopped pretending. It's Tuesday, right? Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And that's Tuesday, right, folks. Tuesday I got it done a day early. I finished something way before the deadline. Please be proud of I'm me. Go ahead. Tuesday night. I'm working Wednesday night. Now it's Thursday as you hear this. And I work Saturday and Monday. So definitely I'm kind of counting down. Like I know that I have four, then three, then two. Then um, I'd say Wednesday would be the one that, that gets off the rails. Because we know we're up against Lakers. Golden State, mm -hmm. a little game. But the thing is, even if you say get a little silly, like what happens with Bucci Gras, we often—I mean, with a lot of them—but Bucci somehow brings out my most silliness or the best of my silliness. And but yet we still—the bottom line is we still care. Always get it right, say the names right, get the scores right, get the stats. You know, that's what's the old first do no harm, right? Mm -hmm. And that's always paramount. And in the doing of it, you try to make it fun because if it's not fun it's kind of pointless when people can just look at their phone and know the game anyway right yeah you can get the information anywhere so hopefully there are still a good amount of people and i think there are like i'm i was starting to go there earlier and that's what i forgot and it just came back to me because of that question look at that like marty smith 
a good friend of mine um, just announced that he was, it was announced that he's coming back and doing his thing. Marty's great. Marty's so talented and he's so funny and smart and he's connected all over. And, and again, he's an old friend, right? Um, then I saw people like knocking him to defend me kind of, you know, like, oh, uh. that killed me because a, he's very good at what he does. And we have nothing to do with each other as far as the play. I mean, you know, our deals, mm -hmm. he had his deal for a certain reason. Mine was something else, him staying or not staying, me staying or not staying the money. was It wasn't the same pot people of money. People want it to be related. I know. And that bothers me because it hurt. You know, I didn't ever want him. I'm sure he's smarter and, but I'm sure sometimes you read something by yourself, even if the guy's an idiot and has four followers and you can see his line of thinking otherwise, you know, or she, yeah, yeah. Mostly, usually it's a he. Um, you said it, not me. I don't engage on Twitter. I think my engagements were is, or is almost always complimentary or fun or adding to a guy's joke or whatever. Occasionally I've done the mini battle, but it's usually to clarify Like, no, what I meant sure. by that was, yeah. I don't like the thing where you just crush somebody i used to it used to be fun because it was yeah. like don't come at me i'll dunk on you but now yeah. it's just like now i've said this before but my my approach to social media now is just assume everyone's ribbing you even the the mean things that they say just assume that they think they're your friend and they're giving you a hard time well, treat it with humor and it diffuses yeah. the situation most that's times. the best way or just absolutely ignore it i don't or, or ignore and it. it's funny I hope people aren't offended in the least that I didn't like like or reply and like I don't have time. They're mad. I'm barely. They're all mad. As we as we tape this and I'm not running off. It's 6:30 Eastern on Tuesday. I'm on I think at 11 or I'm on at one. I don't know which show I'm on. Mm -hmm. If I get there at eight o'clock, I'll be fine for whichever show it is. I also have to pick up our dog. Yeah. All right. You can go. You said three more questions. Wait. You only asked one. Yeah, no, I asked uh, technically like two, but okay. Uh, what, um, again, these all feel so corny, but they're genuinely things I want to know because they're things I'm going through at this exact moment. And selfishly, I want you to help me. Uh, this was a good interview, by the way. You're good at doing this. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. I hate doing it over Zoom, but thank you it's very cool, much. Weird, but at least we're seeing each other. Yeah. Uh, it, what, what's the biggest, what was a lesson you learned in your career that you're like, oh, I never would have saw that coming, but that's a lesson I needed to learn that you learned either through failing or messing up or, you know, just had this moment of realization where you were like, oh, that's the way to do it. I'm thinking uh, kind of like a twofold answer. One is don't be embarrassed or shy about asking for help. You know, don't, don't like, don't have people like try to play the game. I'm so good. And I didn't need... Like I would go in on a whole bunch of different reasons. Like Bob Lee was a great, a great mentor. Charlie Steiner, yeah. a great Dan Patrick, you know, Keith Olbermann. You could ask them, hey, how does this work? Or, you know, just admit you're, and I'm not even that much younger than those guys, but I felt like the little kid. I always have felt like the little kid to all four of those, you know, even though God knows what our age difference even is. Keith and I are probably the same age. But, you know, they got there first. They knew what they were doing. They'd done it. I hadn't. And they would just give you like good advice. Sometimes for, for Bob Lee or Vince Doria, for those who don't know, he's legendary Boston Globe, ran ESPN, different products for a long time or different seg segments of it for a long time. Um, you know, just, Hey, how do you say, what's the best way to say it? I would ask writing questions. Like, am I getting this the right way? Is that even a word? You know, otherwise I have pretty good confidence in my writing, but I'm not, not so above it that I'm not willing to ask for help when I need help. I'd say the other one though I had coming in and I put it in that article you talked about from the LA times is just literally don't be afraid of failure. Like so many people are afraid of 
either getting rejected or looking dumb for trying something or hell when um, I'm forgetting the change. Was it Tariko left? I'm forgetting the chronology of, cause they've changed Monday night announcers a lot, several times. Yeah. I sent our old boss, John Skipper, an email. I said, I'll throw my name in for the Monday night deal. I Wasn't think that I could, on a main street? Didn't you do I, this on a main street? I think we did something pretty close to that. Yeah. yeah. The poker but, one. But, but I, said it in such a way that he kind of wrote back that was clever or funny i was like no but i wasn't joking i might have yeah. said it funny but that was me as my own agent saying you know i've never called a football game except for high school on radio or whatever or college on radio high school um but i wouldn't be afraid of that like i would definitely need help i'd need a good spotter and i need research and study harder and get the number you know but football that's like montana to rice touchdown tough that's though pat summerall did it and Steve Levy does it great. They made a great choice in him. Yeah, he's Joe great. Joe Testor did it. Like, I don't knock anybody who has done it and gotten a chance, but I guess I wasn't embarrassed to have him say, yeah, we're going another way. And so, like in the, in the article I quoted, my co old football coach, Tony Knapp, he said, always look deep first. You can always go underneath. Like, we had all sorts of plays. Usually somebody was going long in a lot of seven drop back, you know, seven step plays. And, yeah, obviously look deep because if the free safety – falls asleep, got a dude on a post, you just hit the home run. If they back up and they play three deep, all right, you got a guy crossing. Worst case, you got Michael Morton circling underneath, right? You start big and then you keep. So I was thinking it that. It makes logical sense. That's a good lesson for how to approach. And I'm just kind of chaotic anyway. I'm pitching people left and right. Zero pride. If 29 companies tell me they don't want to hear my pitch, the 30th one that says yes will have been worth it. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's it but is. it's you absorb punches better than I think it most. You got to have no pride about it. Like when you would try for interviews, that's another good example for people in this business. I'm going to, you know, go up to so-and-so and ask for an interview and it didn't work out. Or I'm going to call, you know, right. You know, like you're trying to make a story. So you're going to shoot for the moon. Yeah. Um, hell we had Matt Damon in one of our main events where he played uh, high school uh, what was his role? It was just stupid. It was ridiculous. But he played, we wrote a line for him as McCarthy, Coach McCarthy. I'm sorry. He's now at Dallas. And at the time he was Green Bay. They were in the Super Bowl. Sure. And he's from Pittsburgh. Therefore, uh, uh, Jamie Edmondson, former Playboy model, now uh, married to Evan Longoria, baseball player, played the girlfriend from high school of McCarthy, right? Yeah. I know that was a lot to process. I mean, I'm just wondering if you're going to pick up all these names and be able to fit them in your pocket when you leave, but okay. keep going. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh-huh. Him, he thinks it's a funny bit. He's going to play like he went to high school with McCarthy in Pittsburgh, and he's like, yeah, McCarthy's still stuck in football? I'm a f movie star, okay? <laughs> oh, this is my tent. I'd like some mint water. Get me some mint water, you know, just way over the top but if we not if we if we were worried about matt damon saying no we would have never made the call right he could have said no and he didn't that time he said no other times but um i walked up to bill murray as i dropped names all over the i literally. mean all yeah. over the place and at the hartford open whatever it was called at the time and bill murray is is connected to it he has friends that were involved he was always trying to hype that thing yeah he's out there at the pro-am and i just walk up to him he's he's on the you know he's like on the sidelines by the ropes bill came in with espn is there any chance you'd let me caddy for you i'd put a mic on you it'll be funny just can you go with it he's like for you let's do this oh man that's so cool and just so even just the for you is like oh so you know not only do you know who i am but you recognize what i'm here trying to do and you want to help me do it that's cool 
it was so ridiculously funny. Even though I wasn't very good, I was definitely, I wish I'd had what I had for this podcast that day. I just, I didn't have the same, you know, it's fucking Bill Murray. How am I going to compete with that? And I didn't have to just let him be him. And it all yeah. worked out. We had a funny three minutes with her. So then I find out he has an 800 number. That's how you reach Bill Murray. Yeah. If I should know want, this, but if you want Bill Murray in a movie, you call his 800 number. If oh, you I did know this. Yeah. If you get it. So I call him once to get him in a football story, like two years later, or whatever, thinking, oh, you did that on, you know, on the spot. Why wouldn't he do it? And I, and I said, it's going to be funny. We're going to have this and that. And I'm explaining. And he calls back and says, so you say it's going to be funny, huh? <laughs> I'm going to have to pass. Oh, no. Well, at least he called back. It's so funny that he called back with the pass. I mean, yeah. come on. He told you your idea sucked. And that's a very nice thing to do. A no, fast I, no is better than a, than, a, than a drawn out no. How hard can I name drop you right now? I mean, you, you've, I thought you've reached the peak, but if you've got more. Spike Lee. So oh I'm in God. Los Angeles and we're doing one of the fake football stories. Don't even remember. Oh, I know. Chris Berman was not going to be on Countdown the week that's coming up. And I don't even remember why. It was announced ahead of time. So that's Gretchen right there. Hey, Gretch. We need to hook her up with the uh, Pilates lady. Oh, my God. That's yeah. not happening. She's not exercising properly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Leah is where it's at. Yeah. We're going to get okay. And her husband was in the Hangover movies. Oh. oh, look at this. The name dropping runs in the family. I love this. Um. I didn't find it out until I was doing her for like six months. Like, not doing her. Doing her. I mean, well, you said it, and it's on the record. And <laughs> uh, Kenny said I'm not allowed to edit, so. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me get back to the Spike Lee story. <laughs> Uh, no, Christopher Guest. I'm trying to let him go, Gretchen. I swear I'm not keeping him. He just refuses. No, she's dropping oh, all her Oh, thank off, God. I have to go to work. But I have to go. To I love Bryn. you. I'm taking Brim to soccer. Call the fire department. Look at you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love I you. agree. For the I record. Oh, you guys are the cutest. It was so good to see like you again. Her. No, she's you. like a She's a good girl. Gretchen. <laughs> what is that? You know what? <sighs> Order a new comforter. Let's go. Hit the gas. She's worried about ordering stuff. I was like, get a comforter. Like, we're fine. I need a comforter too. Anyway, so Spike Lee, Spike we're Lee. in Los Angeles. Berman's not going to work that week, okay? And our story is going to be who should replace Chris Berman? You know, mm -hmm. that was right. It wasn't my idea, but we're going to try to make it as good as it can be. So we go to LA just to troll for famous people because that'll be better if you get right. In our hotel, I'm just having, um, you know, my dinner or whatever it was, and Spike Lee walks in. I go running over to Spike Lee. Shit, there's a good name right there. Spike Lee. He's funny, he's, he's popular. He says, all right, tell me what's about. I tell him what's about. He's very, very kind. He's listening. He's in a hurry. He's trying to get to dinner. I say, here's the line. And he, I read him the line. He said, I'm going to go to dinner. Write me a better line. Oh. So for the next 45 minutes or hour, whatever his dinner was, I write like, you know, I'm, uh, now I'm like, oh my God, Spike Lee said my line sucked. I got to write a better line. I wrote him a line that he liked. Did you get, did you pitch him one or did you write three? And well, no, I had a backup. I had a backup. Okay. All right. But he went for the first one on that very same trip. I'm going to drop one more name. Um, I'm on the elevator. We're looking for famous people. That is the entire purpose of this trip to find famous people. I'm on the elevator and this guy looks really familiar. I'm, it's, I'm not reading his, I'm not reading. I get sunglasses on, mm -hmm. not reading. And the, you know how the elevator, you think you're going up, but we hit the wrong button or somebody had earlier and now we're going down. So we kind of laugh, oh, God, I guess we're going round trip, ha, ha, ha. You know, dad joke about elevators, right? Sure. Uh, Bellman comes on board and two other people when we get back to the lobby. Now we're going, finally going up to five or whatever it was. And as he, this guy, gets off and takes a left, the Bellman says, have a nice day, Mr. West. 
And like like Kanye? Elevator closes. I say, was that Kanye? You didn't recognize Kanye? What year was this? I missed that one. Oh, man. Big miss. Unless it's so, recent and then less of a big, I, I don't know. No, no, no. Complicated was, situation. So I tell the bellman, I find that guy. So I'll give you, I had like 220. I give him 40 bucks. Take this piece of paper to his room. 40? Please. Please take this to his room. And it's, it's so sorry I didn't, I, I apologize. Like, sorry, I didn't. Right as you left, I was like, oh, you're Kanye. I tried to do that, you know. Any chance you'd consider calling room, whatever room I was in, and I can pitch you. I, we just need 30 seconds of your time. It's a little funny story about Chris Berman, football, blah, blah, blah. He calls. Nuh-uh. But he says he's just running out the door, can't do it, sorry, you know. Yeah. That's it. So can you confirm that he called? Because now I don't believe you. No, he did. Well, he didn't it call. wasn't him. It was somebody pretending to be him, but... Mm. I th but you wouldn't recognize his voice? Do you know who Kanye West is? I know who he is. Uh -huh. I didn't expect him to be on my elevator going the wrong way. Yeah, well, look, here's the thing. I'm not going to let you drop a guy's name. That's, I feel like that's an unfair name drop. I feel like you dropped a name that you never even recognized. It. Somebody else gave you that name, so you can't drop it. That was wrong of me. It was, but you know what? It's the only mistake you made in the entirety of this podcast, which I very much appreciate you doing, Kenny. I know you have a lot of stuff to do. I'm going to, to let you do it. I have, to, I have to eat. Shower. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm gonna shower, order food, eat it as I get there. I'll get there about eight-ish. I'm. I think I'm on at eleven. Is the dog home? No, the dog lady is gonna drop him at our house because it's on her way. A special service. She. Yeah, she got a tip. That's that our is dog, very our dog kind. Jed, the other dog, who's still afraid of me. We've had him for four years. What breed? Uh, Bernice Mountain Dog. Ooh. They can be skittish. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that, I think. Why do you think Derek called me and texted me? I don't know. He said, you still on phone? Yes. No, I'm calling him on Zoom. Well, it's, I have you to know. do a Zoom tonight. I know, I'm going to text you to remind you. Five of ten. UCLA class. Something yeah. I, I got you. Way. I'll remind you. I'm going to tell him it's got to be brief. Can't be as long as the old Katie Nolan. Can't be one of these. Can't be an hour and 40 now, minute. How much of this will actually ever. All of it, that? Kenny. Literally all of it. I'm in my mind trying to figure out if we should use the little bit that we talked about before we even started. But I'll fig let me figure yeah. that out. I mean, that got weird. Uh, well, yeah, but we'll lose the weird parts specifically. <laughs> we had a weird moment on the phone earlier. What? We're not going to talk about it. No, I didn't want to say something. Oh, yeah. You tried to, to Kenny was telling a story and then he tried to censor himself. And I was I like, did, you, because I mean, we know each other and I know I could have, but you know, it's not. It's not kind of you. It was, you were very kind. And then I let you know that it was okay. You could tell the story the way you would tell the story to anybody else. Yeah. We're good now. So we're we're pals now. I'll tell you what, my boyfriend was more nervous than I was to do this. He freaked me out right before I came in here to interview. He Is just he did this. He gave me this. No, he's in the other room doing his radio show, but he gave me this like a. Uh, Hey, good luck. This is really cool. Good luck. This is going to be awesome. I'm like, what is this energy? Why are you freaking me out? Yeah. So, I mean, can I tell him it went well? Is that? It went great. It was okay, two good. people talking. You had great questions. I had long ass stories. Um, All you can ask for. Come on over and do Pilates with Gretchen. I mean, it's a terrible sell, but I'll try. I'm going to try my best. When she's doing it all, we have a little loft thing, you know, it's like empty space basically, but it's a good pilates area yeah and i'll go up there and mimic and just get really <laughs> stupid does she have one of the machines no those she, things are crazy yeah um 
I, at this point, I mean, I'm trying to stay healthy. Like I, I take walks with her. I do my sprints with my brace. I lift like twice a week, just not to look too skinny. You're doing great. And, but I know I could do more, but this period of time has been so exhausting. Like, I can't even believe I'm on TV and what time is this? Four hours, 17 minutes. And I'm on a stool bench thing, not a stool. It's a bench now. They're calling it a bench. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking One to of those you. Long stools. And then <laughs> super long stool with no backing. Got a shower. I'm not gonna shave. Don't. You don't need to. I don't see a single hair on your face. Yeah. And then I gotta eat. And then I gotta be on TV. And then You're very I relaxed. Before shows, I'm very stressed out. I used to be more so, but I don't know if it's because of my departure. I think I was this loose. I, this, this wouldn't be that atypical right now. I usually try to get to work a little earlier. I hope they didn't call me to interview like top player of the game at 8.15. Go find out. I'm going to call him back. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you for your time. Thank you for your time, Kenny. You're and the your best. Interest. Always. All Always. Right. Be Goodbye. in touch. I have your number. I'm going to put your name to it now because I just yes. have a number. Who the yes. hell is calling That me? is so disrespectful. Okay, goodbye. Eric, we're wrapping up on Zoom. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to keep this rolling and do the ad read that we kind of already did. <sighs> Kenny Maine, what a guy. Today's podcast was brought to you by Flame Bears. Uh, it's a podcast championing the women seeking to compete in the 2021 Tokyo Summer Olympics and Paralympics. It shares their incredible, often unheard stories as they light the way for women around the world. Celebrate women athletes who don't receive the media attention they deserve, which of course is problematic because representation matters. A lack of representation makes it near impossible for younger girls to see their future selves in someone who doesn't exist today. We all need hope and inspiration now more than ever. Learn lessons in grit and ambition from these elite athletes. Listen to Flame Bears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's weird about this now is that I'm just sitting in a Zoom chat alone uh doing an ad read and closing out this podcast so it's just a big old picture of my face staring at me um huge thanks to kenny main who is uh you know he's exactly who he is on tv which is very refreshing um and he's kind and it, i appreciate that about him very much we're gonna miss him at this company i know many people who work here echo my sentiments as he probably mentioned all of them by name in that interview but yet still found the time to give me way more of his time than I probably deserved. So I know he's been on the podcast circuit and maybe he's told these stories and they're not new to you, but I know, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, I, I apologize to those of you that are not necessarily diehard sports fans that love this podcast. I wasn't thinking when I just wasn't introducing my guests, but it makes perfect sense. I think to give you the thought process, Whenever I listen to an interview and they give a big long intro, it always just feels like reading information that I either know or could find on Wikipedia. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't need his credits. I want to know about the person. But you're absolutely right. If you have no idea who somebody is, then you gotta, it's hard to put it all in context. So I'm going to try to remember to do that. But, you know, telling you guys who Kenny Maine was while Kenny Maine stared at me, not, not one of my most comfortable moments in the career, but hopefully you got a sense of, you know, who he is in the sports world and then over the course of what an hour and a half figured out who he is as a guy he's a cool guy he's a he's very funny he's very funny and uh and did that in sports and you know anybody who can pull that off has a special place in my 
heart. I don't know, record books, because it's, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig and, and <clears throat> not all of us can pull it off. So shout out to Kenny Main, who is wonderful. Shout out to you guys. That's it for this week's second edition of sports. Shout out to Flame Bearers. And, you know, shout out to The Right Time with Bamani Jones. You know the deal, just in case you missed it. If we want Bo to come on this podcast, we got to support him. And, and that sounds, Travis wrote that and he's right, but I also feel like uh, I wouldn't tell you to listen to Bo's podcast if it wasn't a podcast worth listening to. Maybe I would because I have to say it at the end here, but um, I think I've been pretty open in my support of Bamani Jones and he's got a good podcast and the guy knows how to talk and it's interesting and you'll learn something. My favorite thing about Bo is that his perspective is difficult to predict. Not that he's inconsistent. It's that he's, he, you can tell he thinks individually about each thing he talks about. And I appreciate that. I think he's very thoughtful. So anyway, listen to The Right Time with Bamani Jones for all those reasons or just because you feel like you have to. Uh, I've already thanked you for listening, I think. But thank you again. It means the world to me. Anytime you guys write something nice about these Thursday podcasts, boy, does it fill my heart at a time when it's, you know, running a little low on gas. So thank you. I appreciate you. It means a lot to me. Travis isn't here today. I went solo on this one. So uh, shout out to him who's going to have to edit this later with a huge note for me that's going to say, don't edit it. So I just don't want Kenny to call me a liar. Um, or you can always leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast, which by the way, we read and we love them like this one from LMH835 that says, I love, nope, loved the live debrief after Rachel's interview added to the pod and think it should stay. Love you, mean it. That's great, because here we are in the second one. I like it too. The weird thing is sometimes you've got to, sometimes they have questions when you're done and they're like, when's this going to run? Do you want me to tweet about it? But I think, you know, my goal is I've started doing the intros with the guest there. And uh, with Pablo, I think, I did the ad reads. That was really fun. That's the ideal, is to hit record when they show up keep it on book the whole time. And then when they leave debrief after it, I think it, it requires me to build a, a trust, a level of trust. I need enough people to know what they're signing up for when they do this podcast so that they don't come in, you know, bringing energy of other things and they don't, that they don't want use. Cause the last thing I want is for somebody to feel like they have to censor themselves. The whole goal of this is to get people to openly talk about literally anything that's on their mind and to figure out who they are as people. I'm overstaying my welcome. Uh, lastly, don't forget that you can always leave us a voicemail. Feel, still feels weird. At 860-506-5571. Say goodbye, Travis. Say goodbye, Christina. Bye, you guys. I really love you, and I really mean it. <laughs>